ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lady Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight we are on episode 169, and every time I see the numbers getting up that high, it's just like, I can't believe we've been over three. Okay, well, welcome everyone. I'm not sure if anyone's logged on yet at all, but um, welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Uh, today we're going to talk about beginning camping, how to get started, how to how to do your first trips. Uh, it seems to be, well, I mean, it's, it's early summer, uh, and it seems a lot more people are coming to us saying, that I love listening to show, I love listening to what you guys talk about, but I've never done it. How do I really get started? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, unfortunately, Robert can't join us tonight. Uh, hopefully he'll be here next week, but he can't. So this will be a solo, uh, me just talking. So if that's not your thing, I'm sorry. Uh, but I think we'll keep it pretty enjoyable. So like I was saying, a lot of people that haven't camped before sometimes feel it a little intimidating. And so I think there's a few things you need to do is first to figure out um, what kind of camping you really want to do. I think the best avenue to get started, though, is to generally go to a, a park, go somewhere where it's kind of there's other people there and it's you can sort of like know you have a site, know where you can set up because a large part of like the, the backwoods, especially like crown land style uh, completely off the grid style camping is knowing when and where you can go and how to, how to do it. So just figuring out your stuff, starting at a park, be it provincial, private, or federal is a good starting point. Get your basic gear together. And by basic gear, I mean, what do you absolutely need? I would suggest, um, as much as I love hammocks, I would probably suggest most people start with a tent. And the reason is, Almost every campground has always let you set up a tent. Some will hesitate with your hammocks. So if you don't want to deal with that hassle, get yourself a little tent. Believe it or not, tents don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be huge. They don't have to be too tiny. Find one that'll work for you. I suggest usually go one person greater for your tent size. So if you have three people, get at least a four or five man tent. Have that little bit of extra room because when they say two man they mean it's just fits two people if they say one person it's like a bivy tent or whatever you're just really going to get one person in there most likely no room for your gear no nothing get that little bit extra room until you really get comfortable with what to do with your gear um the other thing is for your first few trips don't worry too much about hiking in miles and doing uh a big uh, extravagant trip where you're just not sure you're even prepared you have the right gear 
do it where you can sort of power camp. Pretend that you've walked in a ways, just don't do it. This way, if you discover you forgot something, you need something, it's not a big deal. And you kind of can keep track of what you found you were missing or what you wished you'd had. So a trip or two down the road, when you decide you're going to try and walk in somewhere and do like a backpack trip, you'll say, okay, I know the last time I went, I didn't take enough of, or I forgot to bring this. She'll get a hand uh, starting it. If you are planning on doing a walking trip, also get used to carrying your gear. So do a few day trips with your gear on you. Um, and by that, I mean, get yourself your backpack, get yourself your tent, your sleeping bag, your food, uh, or in a reasonable proximity of what your food would be. So it's not hard to figure out. Just take a few baggies, fill up with something that would be the equivalent of the food you plan on taking, just so you get used to the weight and size and the bulk. Because what a lot of people can underestimate or overestimate is how much food you need to take, how much room it'll take in your pack. So once you get used to packing up all your stuff, you'll have a much better idea of what you can do and where you can go. And then, like I said, getting out to a spot where you can set up all your gear and use it and see how it works and see where it goes and see how you can put it away, uh, you'll get a better feel for it. Um, do keep in mind a little bit with your vehicle. So if you're gonna go in with a vehicle, it's tempting to say, well, I don't have a way to put this safe or whatever and shove it into your vehicle. Uh, sorry. As much as that's tempting, just so you kind of don't get used to it, pretend a vehicle is not there once you take it out. So get out there and pretend that this is all new. Um, and that'll give you an idea. Uh, so get like I said, get yourself a tent. Uh, find a tent that's an approximate size that you think will work. When you go to store or yard sales or wherever you decide to get it, or borrow it. Get a feel for what it's going to be and think about what you're going to do with it. If you get a tent, let's say a six, seven man tent, but even in its folded up state, it's bigger than a decent pack. You're probably not carrying that deep into the woods. So if that's the camping you want to do, if you're in a vehicle camp and always be with your vehicle, that's fine. I have... Uh, a cot tent. It's going to be my vehicle camping setup. It's great if I'm not going to go anywhere away from my vehicle with it. I would not want to lug it any distance. The thing is probably a little over three feet tall and probably weighs 15, 30 pounds in itself. It's, it's not packable, but it's comfortable and it gets me off the ground and allows me to do a lot of stuff. So if you're vehicle camping, ATV, UTV, car, truck, van, whatever. That's a good method. And it can get you used to absolutely everything about it. So don't get too hung up on your tent system or your sleeping system. Like I said, I do recommend a tent to start simply because you may show up to some campsites or grounds. They may decide to put you in a field and then there's nowhere to hook up a hammock. A tent you can pretty well set up anywhere. Um, especially in parks. Parks will almost always have a place to set up a tent. So that, that'll work well with you. Next, you'll probably want some kind of sleep system. Um, sleep systems can be as complex or as simple as you want. Um, sleeping bag is kind of the norm, but plenty of people are doing it with blankets, quilts. Oftentimes with the quilt, they're going with a, 
um, if you're just laying on the ground with a, a box, a foot box. So what that is, is basically, it's just like a blanket, but the end is sewn up or snaps up or zips up um, in such a way that your feet can go in it and you can keep your feet in it. So if you're moving around, your feet won't pop out. And it allows you to sort of keep yourself covered uh, while moving around. So it's, it's a comfortable setup. Next, um, some kind of ground cover. So one of the quickest, easiest ways to lose your temperature when you're camping is through the ground um, and just comfort. So laying on the hard ground might feel okay for a short period, but over time that can get really bad. So get yourself some kind of pad. It can be a blue pad, like just the blue foam pads. I have a bunch I could show you, I guess, but you've seen them everywhere. Sort of like a, a yoga mat, but maybe a bit thicker, two, three times at least. Uh, I would look for something that's probably about half inch thick foam. Those are great, but if the ground isn't perfectly flat, you're still going to find a lump. So if you can find a small air mattress, there are plenty on Amazon, Canadian Tire, Walmart, uh, Costco. I've seen them in all of them. Some are self-inflating, but just a, a small, relatively lightweight mattress gets you off the ground, gets you comfortable. So now you've got yourself your blanket, you've got yourself something to go underneath, and you've got yourself a tent. Now you're going to be much more comfortable. That captures you for the night. The next big thing is how are you going to cook your food? Um, honestly, first few trips out, don't make it much more complicated than you need to. Uh, there are plenty of cool meals you can do. And by cool, I mean don't need to be cooked. Um, so look at those options. It's really hard to not consider just doing things on the fire. So you have the wiener roasts, you have sausages, uh, plenty of foods you can cook right in their tin. Uh, beans and wieners have been a favorite of mine for years. Just uh, cut the top off the tin, put it by the fire and, cook, and uh, eat the, the beans right out of the tin. Uh, is an awesome meal, easy to do, doesn't take a lot of dishes. Um, so that's a quick, easy option. There's plenty of canned foods you can do that with. Just bring something so you can pick the can up and, and put it back um, if you go with that method. So a good glove or some kind of pair of pliers, something that you can grab it without burning yourself because you will burn yourself if you grab that hot can. Um, so it's just, you know, things like that. There are plenty of ideas. Definitely Google them. Know your own diet. And I don't want to go in, into big detail because I don't want to tell you, you have to eat this or you can't eat that. Uh, everyone has their own dietary uh, preferences, but trust me, uh, there's, they can almost always be met when you go camping. So uh, think about the food you want. Uh, just make sure you choose things that need the, the minimum amount of prep while in the woods. Um, until you get more used to it. Once you get used to it, you can decide that you're going to do more fancy meals and stuff. Uh, but for me, oftentimes I do a lot of my prep even before I leave. So if you do have to do prep, cut vegetables and all that up, I'll have a lot of it pre-cut, put in baggies or small Ziploc containers and mix together if, if they can be mixed so that everything's more or less ready. When you get there, you need minimal dishes, minimal prep time, and you cook and cook it up. To get your fire started, um, this might be an area that kind of intimidates people. 
but it's it's real simple to start a fire. Um, start with small light things to start your fire. I mean, obviously paper, birch bark, things like that is good to start a flame, but they won't produce a lot of heat for any length of time. So you need something bigger. Just go slightly up. So the smallest branches you can find, twigs, things like that, uh, don't have to be much more than a few inches long. A pile of that, it should be a good size pile, like a good two handfuls solid. Uh, and then move up to the next size, something maybe no bigger around, say your little finger. Again, something that you could probably hold in two hands would be a good amount to start with. So now you've got a handful of light tindery stuff, a handful of really small branches, then you could move up, maybe stuffed about the size of your thumb. If all you have is solid wood, and honestly, if you go to a campground, you're most likely ending up with solid wood. So you're going to get a whole bunch of split wood, probably about four inches across, three to four inches. That's not going to burn easily. Once it gets going, it's going to be fine. You can have great fire with it. Um, so you probably will want an axe or, or a decent knife or something so you can whittle it down. You can make... Uh, shavings uh i know a lot of people talk about feather sticks and stuff but again if you're a beginner and you're not really comfortable with your knife you may struggle with that but just take your knife and just practice cutting slivers of wood off don't worry if it's long thin uh size really doesn't matter just get as much shavings as you can and pile that up if that's all you have and you don't want to go in the woods and start picking up dead branches and stuff because you're just not comfortable with that, uh, you can get a good fire going that way. Bring a few newspapers from from home, maybe a couple of pieces of cardboard or something, and you can get a pretty good fire going with that. Um, the other thing, if you're really struggling, you should always buy some of the uh, fire starter materials you can get. So wax and sawdust mixes, you can get those at the dollar store or make them yourself, something to help get it going. But do know that trying to start round logs or large squares, you're gonna struggle with that if that's all you have. So follow that system. There are plenty of people that'll show you videos on that, but I just wanna sort of get this out there for people. Uh, Herb Roberts thought he was a Sorry. Uh, hey, Steve. No, uh, there's no Robert today. Uh, so, as I was saying, once you get your fire going, because honestly, that is the stereotypical thing when you're going uh, camping, is that, that campfire, right? Uh, it's pretty important. Do keep an eye on the fire warnings. Usually when a park, they'll let you know. And some parks, even if there's a fire ban, will allow you to have a small fire in the fire pit. So that's good to know. Uh, if you are backwoods camping, if you decide to go straight to a backwoods camping, going to a woodlot or an open field or, or a spot where you can legally camp uh, year-round, um, you will have to follow all laws and regulations. So if there's a fire ban, there's no fire. Uh, so that's it. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah. Um, 
few things to mention. If you're in a campground, have the fire in the fire pit that they provide. If you have to make a fire pit, do be careful with how you make it. A lot of people make the mistake of going and looking for nice round rocks that they'll pile around and make the fire ring like they see in the movies and stuff. Do be aware, especially if they're river rocks and stuff, there could be moisture and things trapped into it. And as the fire builds up, those can break and explode and it can actually send a lot of shards and other rocks tend to shatter in high heat. So if you get a good fire going, it just may not be uh, safe to pile rocks up next to it. So just be somewhat careful. Um, I oftentimes, because I still do that, uh, I will keep a couple of a stick for poking the fire. And if I do notice that the rocks are starting to, to splinter and break, I'll push them out of the way. Um, I have, and I have a lot of luck with this, so I'll suggest it, is you can just take the biggest logs you have and make your fire ring out of the logs, put your fire inside of it. And what will happen if they're not fully wet, you, uh, oh yeah, um, yeah. Stephen uh, suggests Google camping packing list. You can find a very detailed, thorough list, go through it and remove items that don't apply. Helpfully, a sense of comfort that you've covered your basics. Uh, and that's a really good idea. And actually, a lot of people that are slightly more organized than me, once they create that list, will keep it. And they'll just keep checking it off that they've got it this time. Um, because it is easy to forget something or miss something. And then as you build those lists, it gets better. Um, yeah. So uh, shelter, like I said, I suggest for starting off, tent um by no means is that a hard and fast rule nothing i ever suggest is going to be hard and fast just general suggestions plenty of people have done it with tarps um plenty of people have done it with hammocks um i know i've seen steve he's here i've seen him sleep under a uh, tarp quite comfortably so it's it's very doable uh and almost anyone can do it um if you're going to do it again do it in a position where you're going to be safe and secure. And, and the beauty of doing it in a camp where you you show up with your vehicle is if in the middle of the night it starts to rain or the wind picks up and your tent collapses or your tarp blows around, or it's not secure enough, you're not really stuck suffering out in the open. You can just grab it all, throw it in the back of the vehicle, sit in the, in the seat and, and recline it and make it through the night. And uh, that's a huge comfort. And once you've done that and realized that what worked and what didn't, then you'll be more comfortable on the day you do go further out. Um, so recover, you know, look for your shelter, get a good sleep system. Uh, don't, again, you don't have to spend a fortune on any of this stuff. Um, there are neat kits I have seen um, from Canadian Tire, Walmart, and a few other places that'll start you off with like a folding chair a sleeping bag, a sleeping mattress, a tent, oftentimes a, 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 a cooler, maybe even a small stove. Like you can buy pre-made kits uh, that are pretty decent. Um, for a start, a lot of people really tend to like uh, propane products. Um, small Col Coleman style or whatever, uh, propane or even butane stove is a really easy, quick method. Uh, as people tend to get more into it 
especially if they're going further back in the woods, you're going to look at maybe more lightweight option, options. And I'm just thinking, uh, you know, I have a few of those that I use, um, and they use the, the, the canisters. So they're often hunted butane uh, propane canister. They screw on. They're very lightweight. They take up very little room. Um, utensils and dishes. Even at this, at, you know, having done it for years, I still oftentimes take dollar store uh, plates, um, knives, plastics, knives and stuff. They're cheap. They're efficient. They work. <sighs> and, uh, you know, you can't really knock it. So, you know, when you're looking for stuff, honestly, to start, go down to your, your local dollar store dollar tree whatever you happen to have in your area see what they got i uh, don't expect any of this stuff to last for years or be uh, ultra awesome but what it is is some of it will some of it will last you surprisingly long but it tells you what will work and what won't um i hear a lot of people say you know buy once cry once so pay a lot of the money up front but that does have some truth to it but honestly you spend two hundred dollars on a tarp and in realize that tarp camping isn't for you and you really can't get your money back out of it you may be a bit more disappointed um, you can pick up a, a decent blue tarp uh, like standard poly tarp from almost anywhere for under 10 bucks of similar dimensions as your sill nylons and your your tube and fibers and set up most of the settings and see how it works and, and feels and honestly it's going to be almost as waterproof if not more waterproof for the first few trips the thing is that those poly tarps it's never seem to fold back down to the same size and will eventually wear out quicker um, so they're not a great long-term solution but they're definitely an interim solution did this work did it not work and if it does break you definitely won't cry the first time or the second time when you throw it out you won't be upset you get through two or three trips with the ten five ten dollar tarp when you're done you're like huh you know i got my money's worth out of it um where a hundred or two hundred dollar tarp you only get a couple of trips out of it you're always going to feel like it owed you something um so saying get your sleep system figured out shelter sleep system um the next big thing, and this is the one thing I might actually recommend you spend a few dollars on, is a okay backpack. And by that, I mean, make sure it has some of the features you need and it's large enough to carry the gear you're planning and taking. Um, there are plenty of good backpacks out there that I think you can buy for around the $100 mark. Um, and I recommend considering that uh, over a lot of the other gear. Like I said, almost all the and, and do your research, obviously. I've seen some reviews on tents and tarps and stuff that turned out to be completely abysmal. But for the most part, they're going to keep you dry, keep the wind off of you. They're going to work. Uh, so even a cheap one's going to work. Um, as they get more expensive, the real gain you get from them isn't in in how more, much more functional they are when they're set up. It's just how easy how light and how small they pack up. So more expensive gear tends to pack a lot smaller and tends to uh, weigh a lot less. And that's because people who want to do deep camping can take them for that. Um, 
Let's see. So like I said, find some simple meals. Find an easy place to get to. I really suggest uh, provincial, national, federal pri uh, private parks. Like just a park that allows camping. Go to it, set up, try a few things. Uh, when you get everything there, do some walking around. Put all your gear in your pack. Maybe go for a walk around the park before you set up just to get a feel for what it would have been like to walk a distance in. And then when you're there, stay maybe a couple of nights if you can so that you really get two nights of enjoyment out of your sleep system and you have a whole day to explore the wilderness when you're out there. Uh, so almost every campground I've ever been in has some hiking trails, has access to some kind of water feature you can check out. So you can go swimming, you can go fishing, you can potentially boat. Um, some will even have some rental equipment you can rent. So sometimes you can rent a boat or something, especially the private ones. Uh, as much as I didn't, never liked privates for a lot of reasons, they do have some advantages. And one of them is they usually have a lot more activities and things you can rent to do. Um, so keep that into mind. Um, get a feel of it. Like, do you really enjoy it? Uh, I think you will. I think as people get out there, you generally will enjoy it. You'll get out there and realize it's peaceful, it's tranquil, it's really satisfying to cook your own meal while you're out there. Uh, and so that's that's important. The advantage, too, with a park is you're most likely going to end up with a picnic table. So you don't have to bring chairs in. Uh, I will say the folding chairs can be a lot more comfortable than a hard picnic chair or a picnic table sitting on those and sitting on the ground can be uncomfortable. So if you can, um, about having it fun, forget about conquering mother nature, start simple, make sure it's a success, build slowly from there and meet like-minded people. So, so exactly, Steve, um, I very much agree. You know, don't worry about the gear so much. Just get what you need and get out there and try it. And what you're, you'll do is you'll find you'll really realize what you want and what you don't need and what you enjoy. Um, it's easy to fall into that trap of saying, I have to have the best of and all of everything. You really don't. Uh, just figure out what you absolutely need. And again, um, I will give this in a pretty basic list. Everything else from there you can build on. Um, tent, sleeping system. And by sleeping system, I mean something to go underneath you, something to go over the top of you that keeps you warm and dry. Um, you know, do you need a pillow? That's up to you. Do you need a four-inch mattress? That's up to you. Get something underneath you to keep you off the ground, keep you warm, get something over the top of you. I recommend a sleeping bag. It's simply because, especially for a beginner, it's going to keep you in there. It's going to keep your limbs and stuff from falling. You, you'll stay pretty dry, uh, not dry, uh, warm. You can always unzip one side if you need to. Um, get some kind of light. <sighs> Flashlight, lantern, uh, battery powered, gas powered. It doesn't really matter. Uh, get some kind of light. It is going to get dark. Um, I have a little UCR candle. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that, Steve. Good point, though. Um, it, it does help to have that light so you can see when you're moving move around and it gets dark. 
firelight works okay, but honestly, as it gets dark, it's hard to see anything but what's right at the fire. And there's, there's a lot of bad shadows with that. Um, then we'll get down to food. And Steve threw out something that's really important, water. Uh, so when you're in a campground, you'll oftentimes have access to good, clean running water. Potable water is usually provided by campgrounds, but you'll need some kind of container. If you're going outside of the park system, bring bottled water, bring a filter of some type, or bring some kind of purification system, or at least, at the very least, boil all your water before you drink it. I can't express that enough. I've seen it fail. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit tired. Um, if you go into the backwoods and just drink water from the lakes and you don't know about the, the effectivity of it, you can definitely end up pretty sick. Uh, so do make sure that you're, you're drinking clean water. The beauty, again, with the campgrounds when you go, I do recommend starting there, is simply because they will have potable water. And honestly, if you get there and you realize you didn't have enough food, oftentimes they will have little canteens where you can buy some basic foods. Um, and so you won't go too bad. If you forgot a few things, they usually have the bare minimums of what you'll need. So they have probably spare steaks. Uh, probably a few packs of wieners, some crackers, uh, stuff to make things like s'mores. Usually you get some ice cream and stuff there. And even sometimes, in addition to that, you may have a small restaurant or something attached to them, or at least some kind of thing that'll sell some prepared food. So you may not even have to bring your own. Um, but again, these are the types of trips too, to test things. So if there's something you really want to try in the woods, go to a location like that and try it. Or if you can't there or don't, if you want to just test meals out, go to a picnic park. Don't take the whole camping gear, but just take what you would plan to cook a meal in the woods and do it in a picnic park and see what you needed. How many tools did you need? How many dishes can you deal with less? Because when you're going camping and if you're carrying that gear, you're not going to want to carry anymore. You absolutely have to. So those are some highlights. This is just for bushcrafting. And this is to get you into the concept of going into the woods deeper. Uh, if you enjoy the car camping, then you can kind of forget about some of this stuff and carry a lot more extra gear. It's definitely doable. If you're thinking that you want to get into overlanding, you want to do up a vehicle and you're listening to us because you just want to know things to do when you get out there. That's great too. Um, do that. Um, these suggestions were just to get you used to your gear. Because in the end, if you want to get into camping, do it in a safe, secure environment. We've always said this. Uh, Robert and I have always been big proponents of testing your gear before you leave. Don't, don't depend solely on gear that you've never tested. And don't think you need the most expensive, best gear to do it. You definitely don't. Uh, knowledge of how to use the gear is way more important than expensive gear. Um, expensive gear definitely can help when you get used to it. But if you don't know how to set up a good tarp shelter, it doesn't matter if you have a $500 tarp or a $2 tarp. If you don't set it up in a good method, it's going to fail. Um, but if you have a good method for setting it up and you've thought into the things you need to think in, both tarps will probably do adequately. Um, 
So just keep that in mind. Uh, just remember, it is it is about fun and it's about meeting people. So when you do it, go with somebody you like. Go with a buddy. Go with somebody who's who's interested in it or at least wants to give it a try. If you can find someone who's really experienced, awesome. Oftentimes, those guys will have extra gear. They'll loan you gear. They'll set you up. They'll take you, and you can test it out. And you'll know what you want then. Never hurts when you meet somebody who is into it. Talk to them. Ask them if they ha they want someone to join them sometimes. Tell them. Tell them. And this is very important. Always let anyone you can't know what your experience and knowledge and capability is. Don't. Don't let your ego get involved and say, oh, I can do that. I can do everything. I know it all. Because when you get out there, it's going to be pretty apparent pretty quick anyways, whether you're good at it or, or new. And nobody's judging you for being new. What they're judging you for, if they're going to judge you, is just not being honest with yourself. Um, test your gear. Know what you can carry. Know what you can do. Uh, get a good feel for what it's like. Uh, and for your first few trips, if you're unsure, you can do it. If you're unsure, you can handle the distance or the, or the uh, uh, weight. Don't. Just do what you know you can do. So if you go with someone and they say, we want to do 25-kilometer hike each day, we're going to be doing this, that, and the other thing, and you look at it and you really don't feel, feel you're up to it, don't. Suggest something that you can do or pass on that particular trip. Uh, there's nothing worse than getting out there and being absolutely miserable because you bit off way more than you can chew. Um, but don't go to the other extreme, too, and be afraid to try it. So just if you're unsure, have a backup plan or suggest, you know, a different route or a different trip. Um I think you'll enjoy it. Um, generally, I mean, I've gone on some great trips and I've never regretted a single trip, but I have been on trips where before I left, because of various reasons, sometimes where we wanted to go was just far or when I booked at Kedji, there was only so many sites, so I took the sites I could get. And yes, there has been times I looked at it on the map and I'm like, it's a push. It's going to be pushing to get there in one day. And so those trips, although always found challenging, rewarding for succeeding, have always left me with a lot of nerves, especially on beginning trips. Am I going to make it? Is this, is, is this too ambitious? Um, and I've never done one that I couldn't do. Uh, but I have done ones where others haven't been or they struggled and as a result. I have struggled in trying to help them. And, and the first one I think of is one of my first ones with my wife. And it wasn't that she wasn't physically up to it, but she, her feet galled from having poor footwear. Um, so this these op trips will give you an opportunity to see what you have and what you don't. And again, do it in a controlled environment. Try to find those campgrounds where you have the backups, where you're still close to your vehicle, where if things are bad, you can go home. And that's another thing. Do them close to home. Don't travel 500 kilometers to do your first trip. Find one. Most, most communities are only 30, 20 minutes away from some kind of campground. Like, just thinking of this local area. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere far in Nova Scotia to find a decent campground that you can camp at. 
Uh, I think New Brunswick's relatively same, similar in Newfoundland. There's lots of campgrounds. You don't have to be hours away from home. Find a local one, camp at the local one, try it. That way, if you wake up in the middle of the night and it's cold and it's miserable and you're really hating it, you can go home. And when you do that and you have that comfort, <laughs> sorry, Steve, not, no, not necessarily. Um, Steve said he's not a stop video. Um, we may have pushed you hard, Steve, but you made it. You had no real issues. Uh, I did find you guys throwing the canoe down the mountain a little bit extreme. <laughs> so, uh, I did camp. Steve is the only one making comments and we, I did camp with him uh last year i believe it was and we had an awesome trip and we went way back in the woods probably further than we should have um for a trip that none of us had done before and the portages although not long were all extremely hard and each one seemed harder than the last and by the time we got to the last one we climbed this big mountain well i call it a mountain but it was high and uh poor steve and sean they <laughs> Their, their canoe was a little bit heavier than mine. And at, at the end, I think they just they, they just sent it down the mountain. They just let it let it go. <laughs> and it bounced off the tree. I, did, I missed it. I didn't see it. But I picture it dancing off the trees like a pinball machine. Um, but, yeah, uh, getting out there and enjoying yourself is, is, the, is the important thing. Um, and when you're out there, just take a few activities. Uh, and I won't go on much longer, but good activities to do. Take a good knife. Get yourself a decent little knife. Um, and do some carving. Get used to starting fires. Get used to, to doing some cooking. And do some exploring. Um, any trail, any woods trail, any parking trail, any hiking trail, usually there's plenty to see. Uh, and it's always a good time. Um, bring a camera. Uh, I don't know how much enjoyment I have gotten just with my cameras, uh, whether it's the camera on my phone or an actual camera or, you know, digital camera, standalone camera, whatever you want to call them. Uh, if you got a few minutes to yourself or a few hours, uh, you can fill a ton of time getting pictures, pictures of plants, pictures of, of scenery, pictures of landscape, pictures of people. Pictures of your gear, just, you know, a well-set-up tarp, well-set-up tent, good campsite makes a good picture. It's really enjoyable. It's fun to look back and see how you set it up and see how it all worked. Uh, I, I often still to this day think back to some of the trips I did and how we set camp up. And I'll, I have oftentimes taken good pictures of that. And uh, sometimes it kind of, you know, leads to some inspiration when you're doing later trips like yeah, man, I really liked having the tent set up that way, or I really liked having the fire this close, so I did that. Um, so, um, the other thing you'll want to pay some attention to, um, just health and safety stuff. I mean, Steve brought up a really good one with the water, but uh, fly dope and uh, sunscreen, make sure you bring lots of that. Make sure you bring good clothing. So, at least one pair of long pants and shirts, a jacket, um, a short pair of shorts, and a short a pair of t-shirt would probably be like a minimum, especially in the summer months. 
So you have that option, a good change of clothes in case you get wet. Uh, I say this like I'm talking about kids, but adults do it too. Uh, I don't know how many times I've gone camping or I've been camping with someone else who ends up slouched into the water. And if you don't have a spare pair of boots or a spare pair of pants, uh, it can make a pretty miserable uh, trip. And I, I feel like the trip Steve made a mention to that I definitely made a trip down to the to the water and I couldn't fill my bucket uh, at the edge of the water. So I crawled out on the end, end of my my uh, canoe and was filling it up. And when I stepped, turned around, I think I tilted my canoe and I filled it with water and my boots were soaked. Uh, so, you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, so I'm just trying to think. But yeah, that's, that's sort of it. My big suggestions, like I said, get out there, have fun, get the gear that you kind of need um, without spending a ton of money. Just get the stuff that you, that'll make it doable. So, you know, again, and this, I'll say this in sort of first, yeah, first aid kit. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you're car camping, I really suggest everyone have a first aid kit in your vehicles. Um, so it's easy for me to forget that one because I always have one around. But yeah, especially if you're going away from your vehicle, have a first aid kit. Um, but yeah, so tent or shelter system, any kind of shelter system will work. Just make sure you have one. Sleeping system, and that's your mattress, sleeping bag, pillow if you need it, uh, that sort of stuff. Then uh, a fire starting system cook system something you can cook in or or, or take your meals uh, if you have food that needs to stay cold make sure you have a cooler if you have food that needs to be hot make sure you have a way to heat it it can be a stove it can be fire whatever um, and then usually a few comfort items it never hurts to have a chair a folding chair or something like that um, and uh, it's I think I covered light um, so then food and your water, some kind of first aid kit, make sure you carry, carry some basic things. If you have medicines, make sure you have enough medicine for the time you expect to be there. Um, yeah. Um, and I say this with all honesty, I think that camping is something that absolutely anyone can do, uh, regardless of your abilities or inabilities that you may have just know that you may just have to prepare for it so if you want to go and you feel like it might be just beyond your means it just takes a bit of thought and imagination to find your way to do it um, so that's kind of it i really hope that anyone who listens to this episode i know robert wasn't here and he adds comic value and, and info, that vital information but i really hope it inspires somebody who's new and just wants to get out there Get out there and try. Um, again, talk to friends and family. Find out if you know somebody who's really into it. Most likely, they'd be willing to go with you or show you a few things. Uh, practice in, in environments where you can get home safe. Um, you know, If you have a backyard, do it in the backyard. If you don't, go to a local park uh, and do it. Um, or find someone who has maybe a, a recreational property that allow you to camp at their property. 
anything like that will work. But get out there, have fun. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll love it. Uh, and as long as you give yourself those securities so that if it does go poorly, you could get a way out, that's really going to help because then when you do it the next time, you'll feel a little bit more confident and you'll know it wasn't miserable. But if you push yourself beyond your limit, um, you might really regret it and it may be hard to get back into it. And I think if you're ever wondering if you've been pushed beyond your limit, uh, if when your trip is done and you go back and you think about it, if all you think was it was miserable, then yes, you went beyond your limit. If you think back at it and you can remember being miserable, but overall you were left with a great feeling of the trip, then you didn't go beyond your limit. You just got to your limit. And I say this for you, Steve, because I know you may have felt you went beyond your limit at some points, but in the end, I know you enjoyed that trip and you'd love to do a trip like that again. So uh, you just might be more prepared the next time. And that's the thing, right? When you go with people, you know, and, and you, you, you have some trust in, you know, there's that you're going to be a bit safer. You can go a little bit further, but, uh, Make sure you have that kind of backup. Make sure you have a plan uh, for that trip. We always knew we could stop anytime. We had the gear to stop. And that was one of the important things of that trip. We were going into a cabin with the plan to stay at the cabin, but we were prepared to not have the access to the cabin. Uh, always have a bit of a backup plan. And that's the beauty of a park or being close enough that you can drive home if it's miserable. That's your backup park plan. You have a vehicle, you have home. Having that backup plan helps a lot. Anyways, um, if you want more information, feel free to reach us out to us at Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Send us a message, email us, text us, whatever you want to do. Um, just text options. I don't have them listed below. Uh, Robert has all that set up pretty good. I don't. So uh, just watch one of our other videos and get the information from there. Um, or just leave a message on uh, our podcasts, uh, any of our podcasts. Uh, I think they'll eventually get to us. Uh, but thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, this was, again, I think episode 171. So we've been at this for quite a while. And I hope to see you guys next week for episode 172, where we will be talking about something. I just know, don't know what it is yet. <laughs> Anyways, take care, all, and uh, see you next time.